Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to podcaster and transformational coach, Adam Shibley. Are you ready to shed that weight? How about finally start that dream you keep putting off? Do you have habits that you just complain about? Well, Adam knows all about that because he's been exactly where you are, which is why he's so relatable and successful at helping you achieve your goals. Adam lost over 100 pounds and set out to achieve this list of dreams and goals. He hit all of them. As soon as he saw how it works, he started helping others do the same and a whole lot more. Now through his podcast and his coaching businesses and all kinds of ways of service, he wants to see you succeed as he has. You want to start a podcast? Adam's going to help you. Listen now as Adam gives you simple tools and steps to take to reach every one of your goals in a systematic and accountable way. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Adam. Lauren, what an intro. And ladies and gentlemen, that was in one take. I got to brag as a fellow <laughs> podcaster. She just rocked that. No, I'm excited to be here on 52 Weeks of Hope. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of what you're doing and how you're doing it, what you're bringing to the world. So let's spread some positive mojo here today. Yeah. Well, I had so much fun, you know, looking you up and where you came from and how you started with all of this. And I heard in one of your really early podcasts that you listened to The Secret in 2006 and it changed your life. Like you got out of debt, married, lost weight, got a 6,000 or 8,000 square foot office, employees, the whole thing. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and it's just such a good story. And I don't know if you've overcome more than that, but if you have, we'll get to that. Can you just tell that story? Yeah. So yeah, back in the early, you know, two thousands, I was kind of coming out of college and you know, I was a heavier guy and weighed at my top. I weighed through about 327 pounds was my top that I ever weighed myself at. And at that point in 2005, I was just not in great relationships, not feeling great about myself, not in great health, not great. My career path, I wasn't super happy with. I was just kind of like circling the drain a little bit going, what happens next? Like, what the heck am I supposed to do now? And one of my friends gave me the DVD, The Secret, The Law of Attraction. And I actually pretended to watch it. And I gave it back to him. I was I don't need any of this stuff. And then a couple of weeks later, another friend gave it to me. I'm like, if there is a sign, this is probably a sign. So I ended up watching it. And that was my first dose ever of personal growth, personal development material. I'd never been exposed to that genre of writing or thinking. And it just turned on a light switch. So it's like, wow, like this is different and this feels good. And this feels like it gives me hope because before that I was in a mindset of, you know, everyone else is out there impacting my life and I can't really control it. You can't help what happens. And that made me think, well, I can at least control how I think, and then I can control how I react. And that could create a chain reaction in my life and take my life where I want it to go. So like you said, I kind of sat down and I started mapping my life out from there. And of course, we, you know, we can get into that. Yeah, no, I think it's just so great. I think you also have to be open and receptive in order to even receive that kind of a message. But the way I had heard it, I guess you had hit some kind of a bottom at that time too. It certainly helps make us receptive when we personally yeah. hit some kind of a bottom. Yeah. Other, some other way to do things. 
Yeah. And like when you hit that rock bottom moment, you are looking for an escape route. Like how do I change things? How do I change course? So it hit me at the right time in the right place in my life. So for watching the secret, I got all fired up about it. I'm like, I'm going to write some affirmations. I've never done this before. Let's just see what happens. And I ended up spending a few days on it, but I come up with this thing that, you know, I eventually started teaching to my health and weight loss clients. I call the lifestyle rehabilitation statement. So I created this and there was a few rules where it had to be all present tense. It had to be positive. There had to be a definite date. You had to read it two times per day out loud, feel it, put yourself in that place. So I did all the things and I mapped out from 2007 to 2012 uh, that five-year span. I put a five-year deadline. I'm like, I can execute. Like I may not be the, you know, the smartest person out there, whatever, but I can show up. I can show up for myself. I can show up for this life that I want to create for myself. So my only real rules were you read this every morning and every night for five years, or you check everything off the list, whatever happens first, that's the commitment that I'm going to make. So I did that every morning, read it, feel it. That set the tone for my day. And I started noticing that I was open to opportunities and I was like, my radar was up where it wasn't like I was sitting in my basement going, I feel skinny or whatever. Like I've lost a hundred pounds, boom, snap my fingers and I'm skinny. No, but I would set that intention. And then throughout the day, I would make better choices because of that intention that I set in the morning. Then at night I would read it, feel it. And then there was accountability where I go, all right, did I do anything today? Not to achieve a goal, like to finish it, but did I do anything to move it in the right direction? Any of these goals, not all of them, not all at once, but just did I do one thing that moved one of my goals, one of my focus point goals in the right direction? Did I read a blog? Did I reach out to an important contact? Did I send that email? Did I work out? Did I meal prep? Did I drink water? And I wouldn't let myself go to sleep until I had done something. That was very important. Every day, just a little something, a little bit of momentum. So I did this. I executed to perfection. I never missed a day of reading my, my affirmations every morning, every night, five years. So like you said, five years later... I come out the other side of that positivity, you know, shoot. And I've lost over hundred pounds. I found the love of my life, started, got married, started a family with my own weight loss success. Other people started asking me, can you help me do it? Sure. Bootcamp fitness, 2008, 2009, it started taking off. Like that's, that was the zone for bootcamp fitness. So I started a bootcamp and that business took off, exploded. So in 2012, I had lost over hundred pounds, married, started a family, completely debt-free. I had all this debt. I had all that $40,000 of credit card debt when all this started and launched a business, had 30 employees. And I opened up my brand new 8,000 square foot gym seven days after the, the five-year deadline that I had set five years before. So I, I was within seven days of it, which is both frustrating and amazing at the same time. But I showed up at 6 a.m. in the morning. We had three different fitness rooms in this. They're packed full. I had over 100 people there waiting to learn from me. And that was the first time I ever told the story that I just told. And people are like tearing up. I'm like, five years ago, I had no idea where my life was going. I was overweight, depressed, in debt, bad, you know, bad career trajectory, the whole thing. And I just showed up for myself for five years. And this is what happened. And in that five years, not only did I lose hundred pounds, my hometown clients with my bootcamp system had lost 35,000 pounds, 15 different people had lost hundred pounds, my hometown clients. So 
massive impact with just massive consistency and massive focus on execution. And again, I got to solve every problem all at once in one day. No, baby steps. Just keep showing up, keep showing up. And that created massive momentum in my life. And that's, yeah, that's the story, Lauren. Okay. I have so many questions from all of that, but first, why out loud when you say that you would repeat it out loud twice a day? To me, and it's not like there's rules like, oh, if you say it in your own head or whatever, then you're a loser or anything like that. But to me, like that just felt like it was a different level of commitment because somebody might hear, you know, like, oh, somebody might hear, but who cares? Like it's better, better. If somebody hears it good, then, you know, they're, they can hold me accountable. And, but to me, I wanted to hear the sound of my own voice. I know people that do this and they actually record their affirmations and listen to them. So that would be similar. Like I wanted to hear myself speaking the words and, and I wanted to feel that helped me to feel the emotion because when I'm talking about what I'm going to feel like after I've lost a hundred pounds, because everything was aided in present tense and all positive. And when I'm living in an abundance financially, I wouldn't let myself even put the word debt in my affirmations because I didn't do want to be repeating debt, debt, debt. So it wasn't like, and I'm debt free. It was, I'm financially abundant. And then I would feel that I would sit in it. And I was like, I was talking to my future self, like me, the me now kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of no, I, I always do mine out loud. So I was just curious why you did. I'm so grateful and thankful that money flows so easily and consistently to me and things like that. You know, those kinds of things. I've just always said them out loud yeah. or in the mirror. That was a five-year goal that you hit. And I mean, it's such a pinnacle and it's so great. Do you set yearly annual goals still? I know you break up into 90-day goals. Do you do 30-day goals? How do you do set your goals now? Yeah, that's a great question, Lauren. So one thing I want to put out there is like the first time, I'm not sure why I chose five years, but to me, that felt like I had a lot of work to do. Like that's why I called it the lifestyle rehabilitation savings. I'm like, I got to fix a lot of the foundational things of life <laughs> and I'm going to give myself enough time. Five years felt like that's like half a decade. I could spend half a decade fixing what I've messed up over the first, at that time, you know, 25 years, I can reverse course. That's, you know, if you go, Oh, in the next month, we're going to lose a hundred pounds. You're going to talk yourself out of that. So I'm like, I got five years. It's close enough, but far enough away that it felt realistic. The other thing I want to say is if you're kind of in that situation and you accomplish a bunch of goals, that next round probably isn't going to be as epic. You know, like losing a hundred pounds, I saved my own dang life. You know what I'm saying? So the next thing when it's like, get out, you know, get rid of your mortgage or something like that, like that's still epic, but it's not saving your life. So you can't hold your next round of goals or affirmations to that initial just gutting everything and then clearing like that is massive. It's epic. So that next round, you know, congrats to you. Don't forget to celebrate it. Don't forget to be in the moment and be grateful that you've achieved it. Like every, every time you make another baby step towards that goal, you know, measure from where you are to where you started, not to where you are not yet. You know, that's, yeah, that's very no, important. Definitely. I was taught I could only compare myself to where I used to be. Don't yes. compare myself to other people. Or the only comparison I'm allowed to make is to where I come from. That's yeah. it. Yes. hundred percent correct. So now what I do is a yearly system and I have kind of what I want to create for the year ahead. And I do break that up into quarterly actionable 
steps. Those are the stepping stones. It's like, all right, we've got, you know, achievement goals and habit goals. You know, I learned that from my friend, Michael Hyatt and the achievement goal is the thing I like to do at the end of the year. Those are kind of the finish lines that like the hundred pounds. Okay. Or I want to have so many podcast downloads or make so many dollars or whatever. Like those are tangible. I just crossed that finish line. It is that happened. A habit goal, those are all the stepping stones to get to the achievement goal. So each quarter, I'm setting more, you know, habit-based goals that are stepping stones towards the end of the year achievement. And then, you know, each month and each day, like I've got a top three list every single day that are habit-based or like action step-based where I go, okay, if I get these three things done today, I'm good. I don't have to work anymore. You know, if it takes me two hours or it takes me 10 hours, if I get these three things done today, pressure's off. We're good. It works down from that macro to the micro. Okay. So those top three, do you set those the night before? Do you set them in the morning? Do you set them at the beginning of the week for each day? When do you set those? Yeah. So I work four days a week. That's part of my magic, Monday through Thursday. And what I do is... What works for me, Thursday is kind of my end of the week bookend where I do a lot of follow-up on the relationship building and networking I did throughout the week. But I also kind of put a bow on the week of all the efforts, but then I look ahead to the next week, to the next Monday. So I set up my top three for each day on Thursday before I close down my business week for the following week. So I walk into each Monday with my top three lists. And those are fluid where, you know, maybe I only get two of them done. I got to move one to the next day. That's cool too. Like it doesn't always, but what I'm not doing is here's my 45 thing checklist and A, I'm going to attempt to do all these. And then if I don't, I'm going to beat myself up about it. And I'm probably going to do the low hanging fruit that doesn't actually make any impact. And so that's not what works for me. And that's not what works for most people. So my top three lists, those are high impact things that like, this is why I can only work four days a week because I'm doing all high impact stuff and I delegate or delete all the clutter stuff or say, just say no to from the start. That helps me so much with being efficient and effective. Uh, That's good. (laughs) I could learn that the clutter and the other stuff, the email. So you had mentioned gratitude. How do you maintain the gratitude on a daily basis? Do you have a way to do that? Yeah. So one of the things I do throughout each day and each week and each month, I keep a list of things that I've accomplished that I'm proud of. Like just wins. It's my wins list for the month. And I'll go through and I'll read that every day. And I just, it's kind of like my affirmations. I take time to be grateful for what I've achieved. One of the things I feel like human beings are not so great at is we set a goal. Good at that. We go after the goal. Good at that. But when we achieve them, We just look at the next step or the next level and we forget to be grateful for and celebrate what we've actually accomplished. So we're always in this perpetual state of not there yet. You know, weight loss. Let's talk about weight loss. I had a great story client that had a 60 pound weight loss goal and she dropped 30 pounds fairly quickly and fairly easily, but just continuously beat herself up for not being at 60 yet. And her weight loss really slowed down as she continued to beat herself up about not being there yet. Stressing out every way in was an unpleasant experience because she lose two pounds, oh, only two pounds. I'm at 32. I'm supposed to be at 60. And instead of celebrating all this weight loss, she was really messing herself up. She was in her head about it. So I made a rule. I go, hey, we're not going to talk about the 60. All we're going to talk about is how much you've lost in total. And we're going to be 
pumped about that. So the next time she came in, she lost like 0.7. So we're like 32.7. This is great. And I had one of those, uh, all the gyms have them, like the five pound fat blob. I'm like, that's like six of these things all over your body. And we make it, we get kind of pumped up about it. And the next time she's like down five pounds, one of the best weight, you know, I weigh her every two weeks. And then we had a 10 pound drop. All of a sudden she's over 40. And then like within a matter of a couple of months, she's at her 60 and she had kind of took her foot off of the brake that she was applying with this mental thing. So I think we all need to be better at celebrating the wins and being mindful and going, yes, like, so I had one of my wins that I've been celebrating and this is like a total nerd thing, but I'm really, really proud of it. We've got a little home theater thing going here down my podcast bunker and we had to get a new projector. And this is normally a thing that I need help like tech, like installing a projector and getting it to work correctly scares me. And I was like, you know what? I think I got this. And I, not only did I install it correctly and it is attached to my ceiling and hasn't fallen off and it all works correctly. And the sound is great. And so that's on my wins list. And every day I just kind of celebrate that. I'm like, you know what? Good job, man. Like that was awesome. You didn't have to pay someone. It works I correctly, so you know, and like little yes, things yes. like that or big things like every once in a while, I'll toss in a big life accomplishment. Like, Hey, you know, you're very healthy. You've lost and maintained your hundred pound weight loss. Be proud of that. Or, you know, you became mortgage free in your thirties. Be proud of that. Or like whatever, like these major life goals that I've set for myself, you've got an international business and you help people all over the world with their branding and their podcasts and everything. Be proud of that. So I've got a little mix on my wins list, but I think that's something that really, it helps me a ton and it, it gives me momentum every day. Cause it's really easy to just, again, check the checkbox, go to the next thing, be stuck and not there yet land perpetually. And I feel like that really stalls our growth. Yeah, the whole next is not necessarily healthy at all times. Now, I know you had a health scare. I think it was this past summer with your heart. Yeah. How did that change you and what happened? Yeah, so. I asked that question kind of backwards, <laughs> but well, you know, you get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt like it's an epic podcasting story because I'm, you know, I'm a former athlete and everything. You always, athletes always talk about like leaving it on the field. Like, coach, I left it all on the field. And so I'm getting interviewed and this is earlier this year. This is like, you know, eight eight months ago and I'm getting interviewed. I noticed my heart just is kind of racing and I can see myself in the camera. My face is getting pretty red and, and then it gets real dark and I'm like, uh Oh, and I'm trying to talk and I would get kind of out of breath when I was talking and I blacked out and I go face first into my microphone on video <laughs> And, and instantly, boom, back up. And I was like, hey, I think I need to, I think I need to go to the emergency room. And the, the guy was like, what just happened? I go, I just blacked out, man. But it was an instant face plant back up, you know, where, but then it started happening, you know, every five minutes. Then it started happening every three minutes. Then it started happening. I got to the ER and it started happening every minute. So every minute to 90 seconds, rush, purple head. I could feel it coming on blackout. It would kind of reset me. My heart was getting up over 200 beats a minute. And it was like again and again and again. So it's called atrial tachycardia. So basically my, it's not a heart rhythm. A lot of people hear about AFib. AFib is a rhythm thing. I had a rate thing where my heart was getting stuck in sprint mode. And it was just, it was just this loop that was stuck in They're Like, I mean, it felt like I was dying. They're like, it's not fatal. We're gonna get you on some meds and get it corrected. And they went in and did a procedure called an ablation. And actually it didn't work. They couldn't 
find it or find the zone that was messing up. I haven't had any issues since, but yeah, I mean that stuff like that, weird stuff happens and that's why you got to make your health a priority. That's why I went on that journey to reclaim control of my health. I don't know if 300 pound Adam survives that whole thing. That's probably a big, a real different story than healthy body that I'm in now. And they're like, you know, they're up in there doing a heart procedure and they can't even figure out what went wrong in the first place. And they're like, it all looks good. We're good. So I'm like, all right, cool. So that to definitely put things in perspective, you know, I've got young children and that, you know, it pulls the emotional strings in there when you think like, I'm going to the emergency room. It's a heart thing for sure. It's pretty darn scary. You know, my dad's in there with me and he's crying and I think I'm dying. And I'm like, I'm texting friends like, yo, check in on my wife, make sure everything's good with her. Like having those kind of, this might be the last time we talk moments and I'm freaking out. So yeah, but we got on the other side of that. And whenever those things happen, it's just a little mental reminder. Like we're not here forever. Let's make the most of the time that we've got. Let's invest in our health to maximize that and do everything we can to con- control that lifespan and, and the quality of life that we live. Right. And really, that's when I started interviewing people, it was like, they say nobody on their deathbed ever wished they worked harder or made more money. So I was asking them, like, what have you gleaned from life? Why are we here? And it's about connection and community and helping others. It's, it's really, I kept getting the same message again and again and again. So yeah, it's so interesting. Now you talk about accountability a lot and that there's a lot of people that they know that they're here for a purpose, but they're not fulfilling it. And yep. they're sick of, I mean, there's a lot of people leaving their jobs and they just know there's something they're meant to do, but they're not doing it. What would you say to somebody like that? Okay. I love this question. I love talking about accountability, Lauren. So thank you for providing the platform for some accountability discussion here. So accountability to me, I know that comes through the earbuds and makes a lot of people feel kind of icky, like, oh, accountability, because they connect that to judgment. And a good example is like the old school Biggest Loser TV show with Jillian Michaels. I'm going to hold you accountable. And she's like in their face, boot camp, yelling at them, demeaning them. What do you mean you didn't eat your broccoli or whatever? So give me another 10 miles. So we have to disassociate accountability and judgment, being judged. And I, I would explain this to my weight loss boot camp clients all the time. I'm like, I'm here to hold you accountable, not to achieving your goal, but to doing the things that it will take to get to your goal. Big difference. I'm not sitting there tapping my toe going, ah, 50 pounds. Not a 60 yet. Why not? That's not me holding you accountable. That's me being a jerk. So what I will go is like, hey, you're in the 50 pound club. I know you got a goal being at 60. You haven't been to class in a couple of weeks. Let's get back in. Doing the things that will get you there. If you set a goal of, I want to reach, you know, 10,000 downloads this year, 100,000 downloads this year, whatever on your podcast, I'm going to hold you accountable to the things that will get you there. Not being there yet. I'm going to be like, Lauren, are we marketing our show? Are you appearing on other shows? What are we doing to get there? And so that's the recipe. We, A, we have to stop being afraid of accountability because we know you know, what we're held accountable to gets improved more rapidly instead of, you know, it's a big, I feel like guys are a little bit worse at this than the females because the male ego is a thing. We've got that testosterone running through our body and we're like, I got this. It's the whole, I won't ask for directions gene. That's not an issue anymore because of GPS, but that's like in our genetics. Like, I don't need any help with anything. And, you know, with the guys all the time, they'll like listen to our podcast and not ask for help and not get coaching and like try to work out in their basement and secret by themselves and then emerge like the Phoenix all, you know, all shredded and it rarely happens. So you have to seek accountability. I talk about accountability anchor points. Anytime you have a goal, whether it's weight loss, business, financial, whatever, look for accountability anchor points 
in every area of your life where you spend the most time. So trying to find positive accountability anchor points at work, in your friendship circles, at home, if you have like church group or social things that you do, clubs, and look for some positive accountability, let people know your goals, especially in the weight loss space. Like, so for an example, let's say you're on a weight loss journey, accountability anchor point at home could be like you do a meal prep thing on the weekends and you get your kids involved. And it's just like, it's a thing that they expect you to do it. You expect them to be a part of it. And that's a nice positive thing. Or at work, you can set up a walking lunch group once a week and they expect you to be there. You expect them to be there and you talk about your goals or whatever. Or if you have a friendship group that maybe you, they normally meet up for beers after work once a week, but once a month you do a bike ride or a basketball game or something like that. And it's just this, it's like climbing a mountain. All right. You don't want to be anchored in. You don't want to like not be anchored in because if you fall, you fall away to where you started. And then people talk about regaining their weight all the time. But you know, you're going to anchor in as often as possible and have those support lines where if you slip a little bit, you got a support line to catch you. Oh, that's so great. And is there a way for people to manage their time that you know of? Because you're like, you're so good at that. Do you have suggestions for that? Because I mean, here, you know, you hear you have an accountability partner and you want to do all these things or even meal prep. I mean, it's time consuming. Yeah. So for me, there's a quote by a podcaster, one of my favorite podcasters, Jocko Willink, discipline equals freedom. And I've got a great Jocko Willink impersonation, which I won't pull out. But if any of you listen to the Jocko podcast, you'll know discipline equals freedom. He's even more epic of a voice than I am. So but I believe in that. I am able to do cool things with my schedule, like only work four days a week. And I you know, make my kids almost all their meals and lunches. I take them to school and I pick them up from school and I coach their sports teams. I do all the dad things, but I also have an international business and three podcasts and, you know, I do all the things and, you know, I've got a good relationship with my wife and like all these things are a priority, but I organize every single day. I've got a plan for every single day. I never walk into a day, cover my eyes and go, well, let's see how this goes. Like I'm very organized. The discipline of being organized creates the freedom in my schedule. No one gets into my schedule that, that there's no fluff. Like I don't say yes to everything. I don't feel pressure to say yes to everything. I have no problem rescheduling. If I start to feel a little bit of that, like, ugh. I'm getting beaten down by my schedule a little bit, then I take stuff off. I know that I'm not going to be effective for someone else. I'm not going to show up for them well. I'm not going to be able to serve them if I'm feeling like my brain is somewhere else. Like right now, I'm with Lauren. I'm with you all listening in. I'm here. I am present. I'm not thinking about the next thing or what I would rather be doing or anything like that. Like this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be because, and that's because of my schedule. And I have kind of a flow where every, I work four days a week, Monday and Thursday are kind of the set the week up, you know, get the week closed out and set up the next week. Tuesday and Wednesday are my performance days. And those are the days where I add value. I create things. I do interviews for my show. I do interviews on other people's shows. I create content. I do a lot of social media lives and clubhouses and, and things like that. That's what I'm out there you know, stirring up the networking vibes and all that stuff. And I get in momentum. That's all I do. All, you know, all my coaching, all that stuff. It's very momentum based. I'm not doing this start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. You know, so I have a flow on Monday, a flow on Thursday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, then I recover for three days. And that is the real key for me because we start experiencing burnout when we're the typical entrepreneur works seven days a week and they're all over their email all the time. And they, you know, they never really have a true day off. And to me, 
we're like running at like 20% effectiveness. So you're going at 20% every single day where I can go four days a week, a hundred percent. And then I, I recover for three days and I focus on me. I fill up my cup. I fill up the cup with my relationships, with my family, with my friends, doing all the things. So that allows me to not only work four days, but my typical work day, sometimes I'm done in three hours. I think the longest I'll work is probably six hours in a day you know, total. And that's still pretty low. Like we're recording this on Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. And so far this year, I've taken 140 days off of work. All right. So put that in perspective, 52 weeks of hope fans. Like I track five metrics in my life every year. And that is one of them. How many days I don't work. All right. That's how important that is for me. I know if I have that north of 120, I'm good. This is this is definitely the best year I've ever had of, of not working. And ta-da, I made the most money I've ever made in my life with the most days of not working because I'm more creative, I'm more present, I'm more efficient, I'm more effective, and I just get more stuff done. Yeah, we can manifest anything we want. Put it all down there. What's the most common question that you're asked about? Probably how you do that. <laughs> that, definitely the taking lots of days off of work thing and my minimalism. And they kind of go hand in hand. Like I live a minimalist lifestyle. It really helps me with my, I don't have any decision fatigue where the way I define minimalism is I like, there's an author named Joshua Becker and he's got a great book, The More of Less, I think is what it's called. And he says, minimalism is where you maximize the things that add the most value to your life and you minimize anything that gets in the way of that. So it's not like how little stuff can we have? You get one toothbrush and a pair of underwear and that's all you need. Like that's not it. So for me, the things I want to maximize are like my time with my kids. I love coaching my son's basketball team. I post about it on Instagram all the time. It really just, I love it. And I love seeing the growth of all those kids and them getting better and them gaining confidence. And that's something that I want to maximize. Clothes, I don't really care about. Like I have no, it's just not my thing. And my friend, Danny, he's one of my podcasting co-hosts on my health show. Danny has more pairs of shoes than I have clothes total. And so, but the shoes are something that he loves. And he loves matching it to his outfit. And he gets a lot of positive energy out of that. So cool. You know, that's his thing that he can maximize. Some people love physical books and like, I can't be a minimalist because I have 12,000 books. I'm like, that's okay. Like if that adds value and you get a lot of energy out of that and you love the way it looks and you love rereading them or whatever, then do that. But to me, it's all about, like, I don't have any decision fatigue with my clothes. In the wintertime, I got one pair of jeans. I got one pair of dress pants. I got a couple pairs of sweatpants. I'm good to go. Anytime you see me, I'm wearing 10% of everything that I own wardrobe wise. You know, I, I keep it 80 or less socks count as two, Lauren. But for some people, the wardrobe may be the thing that really gives you a lot of pleasure and you max out. I love these mixed tile things behind me. I've got like 50 of these things with my podcast art. I've got probably 200 of them with my kids images and we stick them on the walls and rearrange them. And like, it's a lot of fun. And people go, you're a minimalist, you know, home furniture. We don't have a whole lot. Like we don't need, there's four of us. We only need four places to put our butt, you know, like we don't need 12 couches and, and all these things. So we don't have a whole lot of furniture. We spend our money on other things. So that really helps me. I love talking about that and kind of adding some clarity. So a lot of people think it's the same thing with stoicism. They think like, oh, you're purposely boring or something like that. But it's like, no, it's a mindset. It's a filter for life where you can kind of simplify before you multiply. No, I heard you on one of your podcasts. I mean, you were mortgage-free in your 30s. So yeah. that allowed you to do that, which is amazing. So I love paying down my mortgage and getting rid of my student 
and loans really young. Like, I mean, there's things that I understand. Yeah. I mean, with all the financial stuff. Clothes. I mean, ever since COVID, like, who cares? I mean, I mean, on the clothes that I wear, they're nice too. Like I got two pairs of workout sweatpants that go back and forth, but they're both hundred dollar sweatpants and about, I don't have 50, $20 pairs of sweatpants. I got two that are are nice. They hold up well. And and, you know, my workout shoes, same thing. I'll spend a little bit of money on it, but you know, it is what it is, but I would much rather me personally be debt free and kind of live below my means and drive, you know, a little bit more of a nerdy car than I would you know, otherwise and a little bit, you know, I joke with my friends all the time. They buy new cars and they're spending a ton of money and they're getting loans on it. And one of my friends posted a picture of her new Mercedes and she goes, what should I name it? And on Facebook, I commented, what should have been my Roth IRA contribution for the year or whatever? <laughs> like that's the way my brain thinks. I'm like, oh my God, you could have invested that. And you know, all these things, but that makes her happy. So good for her. That's just not the way my brain works. I understand. Yeah. Everybody has their own thing. Do you have a message of hope that you want to give? I feel like I'm a good example of a pretty ordinary guy that's been able to accomplish extraordinary things, both in the health space and in the business space, just because I make promises to myself first and I keep those promises. Like I show up for those promises. And I know there's a lot of people out in the world that are really getting hit hard with pandemic stuff and social injustice stuff. And like, there's a lot of negativity that gets really spun up from all of us. And it's really easy to succumb to that. So I just want everybody to go back and look internally and go, all right, what can I control? What can I not control? Control my own choices. I can control my own reactions to things that are happening. I can control my ability to take a beat and just breathe and just to think and think for myself and go, all right, you know, this decision is right for me. This decision isn't right for me. And so I'm going to take action and I'm worth the effort. Like that was my big mantra to myself on my big weight loss journey, getting out of debt, finding love and creating the life of my dreams. I'm like, I just kept on repeating myself. I'm worth the effort. So if you're out there feeling like life is really hard and it is just remember that you are worth the effort and amazing things are possible. Like I'm not the most like brilliant guy in the world. I'm very high energy and I'm very like, I love making friends. If I'm brilliant on anything, it's making friends and networking and giving my energy to other people. But if I can change my life in the way that I did, then anybody can, because it's just about showing up and not giving up. And you show up for yourself every day for five years, like I did, pretty amazing things will be able to occur on the back end. It's so true. Just showing up every day. I started my law practice because somebody said, you should start your own practice. I said, I won't know what I'm doing. She said, nobody does. (laughs) I was like, and I did. And just showing up every day, I've just always had a thriving practice. So you just start doing it and you don't listen to your head and just showing up every day. There's something about that, that you create the energy in life and things happen just from showing up. It's an amazing thing about life that way. (laughs) Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's the sad thing because there are so many people out there that we know that their potential is greater than what they're achieving. And it's just because they just, they don't want to get off the dang couch and just take action for themselves. So, I mean, you got to want it more than anybody else wants it for you. Whether you're losing weight or anything. Yeah. You only have to want it 51% too. You don't have to want it 100%. That's a thing. You don't have to want it just that much more than you don't. Do you have favorite authors or mentors that you just call on all the time? 
Now, now we're talking, Lauren. Let, yeah. Let's get into, I love to nerd out on this stuff because just because I wish that somebody had introduced me to personal growth and personal development at an earlier age, that would have changed a lot. That would have saved me a lot of time you in my health. wouldn't have been receptive and we get it yeah. when we get it. True. Yeah. But like, I'm on a mission to like get out there and get that sort of stuff in front of young people as much as possible. I've got a nephew that I've been sending books on. Like I sent him rich dad, poor dad and a book about a Bitcoin. I'm like, you got to understand this. It's coming. You better, you better know what's happening. So like, I love uh, Ryan holiday, all of his, the obstacle is the way the daily stoic, all of his books are amazing. Like I love getting that in front of people because it's just, it applies to anyone and everyone. It's simple. I love the minimalist podcast, uh, Joshua Fields, Milburn JFM. He's one of the hosts. I became friends with his partner, uh, Becca Shern, and uh, she was on my health show. And then, you know, I ended up getting to talk to him and do an Instagram live with him and had like hundreds of thousands of people on this Instagram live tuning in because this big author was on. So I love the minimalist podcast. Their documentary on Netflix is amazing. All their books are really, really good. Joshua Becker's book is really, really good on, I think it's called the more of less. I always screw it up, but I think that's the right wording, but it's a minimalist book. So many things that I plug into. So those are some resources that I'm really nerding out on right now. And I will continue to nerd out on. Yes, definitely. Is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? I think you hit the, you hit them all. Like I, I've got a million and one stories, but like, as far as the questions that you asked, I feel like I'd love to talk about my journey because again, I'm a regular guy. I'm not a big, like a million people follow me on social media or I've been on TV and all these things. Like all those people inspire me, but there's that element of they've got this advantage of this giant audience or whatever. So if you're out there building a business or a podcast or on a health journey, you got to realize I'm a regular person. I'm a very, but I take a lot of pride kind of calling myself the people's champ. Like I represent you. I take pride in that. And I'm not, you know, in the podcasting space, I'm always like, I'm not Pat Flynn. I'm not John Lee Dumas. I'm not, you know, Dr. Oz or any of these people. I'm Adam and I represent people like you and the journey that we're on together. Like we're in the trenches together and we're all going to learn together. So that's kind of my vibe. And I feel like we covered all the main things that as far as how I can make an impact today. Okay, good. And if anybody's looking to start a podcast, Adam is a whiz at teaching you all of the basics and how to do it, all of it step-by-step. I'll have all of his links in the show notes on the website. So thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Thank you, Lauren. Everybody listening in, make sure that you uh, put a tip in Lauren's tip jar by leaving a glowing review. And if you haven't done it yet, hit that follow or subscribe button because that's a a big compliment uh, to Lauren and all the work that she's putting in. So thanks, Lauren. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Adam's messages of intention, accountability, and purpose. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode full of self-improvement tips on how you get to do you and tap into your own inner knowing. It's a really fun, enlightening episode and definitely a confidence builder. You're going to love this one. If you're not already on the email list and you want to get on that so you don't miss anything, of course, you can go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com. But there's now an easy way to get on the email list. Just text 52HOPE to 66866. Text 52HOPE to 66866 and easily just get on the email list and be in the know. Tell two of your friends about the podcast. And as Adam said, leave your positive reviews and subscribe to the podcast. Show us some love. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.